Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. Hola, Mujerones. Welcome back to the Mujeron Podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking to a Latina who is constantly breaking statistics. And I know your her story is just going to be so inspirational for you if you're looking to getting into a field that maybe is male-dominated or where we typically don't see Latinas. You're definitely going to be inspired by our guest today. Please help me welcome Cindy Petrov Alfa. Thank you so much, Cindy, for being here with us today, taking the time and thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I know I've been a fan of you since you started. We kind of started around the same time. So I'm very happy to be here today. I'm so excited. We're finally connecting. I was thinking about when we met and how we connected through Instagram. We were like, hey, we need to get on a call and just connect and see how we can support each other. I love doing that. Just seeing how we can be more of a community. So thank you for taking the time that time as well. And I want you to tell us a little bit more about what you do. What are you up to? Um, just more about you. Yes, of course. So I'm Cindy and I am the owner and founder of Law Tina LLC. And this is Law, L-A-W-T-I-N-A, play on the words between law and Latina, which is meant to define women in the legal field, whether they're paralegals or pre-law students, lawyers, attorneys, or judges. So that's where that name comes from. And I also have my own podcast where I thankfully have had you on this show and it's called Ceiling Half Broken podcast. And I really much enjoy interviewing powerful women and in the legal field and other professional settings. And through these two uh, companies, I get an opportunity to explore new uh, ways, uh, stories that I can share to empower Latinx community. We often think that success and achievements are completely what we need to strive for, not knowing the struggles that come along with that. So I, with these two companies, I kind of break down those barriers where a student or a person who wants to reach for higher education looks at a bio and thinks, could I po ever possibly do that? Could I ever become what that person is doing right now? And I break down those barriers by sharing their those already achieving individuals, what they actually went through in their life, the raw struggles. Um, so then we in turn use the stories to provide resources, break down like what it is that they did, the steps they took, the tools they used, the connections they used in order to get to where they are. And it just kind of brings a full circle into full circle what it's a community is supposed to be a community of supporting each other. Mm -hmm. So I truly, I really enjoy um, having this opportunity to not only share stories, but also provide merchandise that are very empowering. And I, I really feel that it, it, when you put on one of our shirts, for example, it just feels like, wow, this really means a lot. Like I am a brown woman rising or something like that. And I really 
much have fun creating these spaces for our community to connect and to learn from one another. I love that. I love seeing communities creating spaces to help other people not make the same mistakes, right? How can you help women who are also on their journey of becoming law students or just really going after like higher education, especially in those fields where you know, usually we don't see Latinas. So as a Latina law student, you've also broken a lot of statistics. What would you say has been like the biggest lesson you have learned going through that journey? I had to actually slow down and think about this one. And I, I've got to say, you know, what? whenever you start breaking statistics, you know, once I graduated law school, once I, you know, had my other degrees, it was just um, a reflection of looking back when you look back and you realize how much sacrifice it took, but you also realize how many times you failed. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest lesson is not letting failure define you. I think we often glamorize those achievements. You see, you know, those company websites with many people in our community, you know, wondering how did they do that? Why can I ever achieve those things, right? So everyone else doesn't really concentrate way, how many times did they fail? before they achieve those things? How many times that they, they themselves have questioned their belief of achieving something? And so we often hear people saying like, echale mas ganas, like don't give up. But there's a lot of spaces that were not meant for us. They, they were created by systems that were in place that catered to privileged communities. And when we are starting as Latinx to navigate through them in academia, as professionals, we don't often see them, but they're there. And when, when we are set back, we sometimes just think it's all on us. We don't realize that it may be because, you know, your legal status kept you from getting loans for me that was an issue or getting any scholarships that disqualified me i was the first in my community to graduate and in, in, in various ways but also as a temporary protected status the first in my state to graduate from indiana law school mm-hmm. and it meant that i didn't qualify for federal loans, private loans, stipends, a lot of scholarships were excluded or taken away because of that. And these really hold back a community. Um, Some states don't even give you a situation like the state that I attended school, which was Indiana, I had to fight and even seek out the help from senators in order for me to get in-state tuition. For three months, I went through that before I I even finally was given in-situation. I started law school. But for others who are on DACA, who were didn't were not grandfathered in or younger than me, like they still can't get in-state tuition. So these systems hold back a lot of our first generation or immigrant communities. And it's not often us, but we have to not let those things define of what we can do. You know, these obstacles are hard. They're they're there. But we have to, as an immigrant community, bind together make an, an, each other aware of these systems and then find ways on how we can solve them, how we can, you know, be able to create a change and advocate and be activists in this way. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I really, really admire that because 
I think sometimes, you know, those of us who were lucky enough to be born in the US, you know, we, we definitely have an advantage and seeing people who don't have those same opportunities still go after their goals, still push, still become, you know, these amazing people. It's just such an inspiration that you're right. Like there's, there's always a way to figure it out. There's always a way that you can really just find a way to get to your goal. And I also love the fact that there's a big purpose behind why you decided to go and pursue a law degree. Can you tell me more about your immigration story? Yes. So I came from El Salvador in 1999. I was nine years old. Um, I came with my parents and my brother. We were mainly fleeing the violences of gangs in my country, my family was directly targeted. And unfortunately, as a child, I got to see, you know, a gun held up to my father's head as a child. And it was very traumatizing. And when we we came seeking shelter, better opportunities, like many other families that come here. For me, I saw a lot of injustices, racism, the system, again, systems, excuse me, in place that kept my family from moving up faster, other families going through that same plight. So then when I, you know, started growing up and started noticing the action, especially in the Midwest of other people that are not of color, how they were treating a lot of our immigrant communities, I thought there has to be something that I can do. And I knew that I was meant in this world to help others. I have had that in my heart I, you know, when I volunteer, it's just, it feels completely fulfilling when I get to mentor someone, when I connect someone, when someone says that actually made a change, a a tangible change in my life. Those are the things that speak to me. So I started actually in college seeking out, like, what did I want to do? I first was a pre-med student in college and I was already very advanced in my uh, college credits because I had attended a pre-college high school. And so after a lot of thought, I thought, hey, I'm going to become a doctor. My mom always wanted me to be a doctor. She was a military nurse in my country, but honestly didn't really resonate with me when it came to chemistry. So I decided to, you know, this is not for me. I didn't enjoy it. And my parents were very shocked. You know, a lot of parents, they expect their kids to be doctors. And, you know, that's like a really big thing. But I noticed that our community needed something else. And I truly love working and also along with reading, with words, with connecting with people and not just paperwork, like in other careers. So I thought, okay, what kind of combines those things? And I started working for a judge and when I was in college and I noticed these attorneys just being so zealous in how they defended their, their clients and also how judges were genuinely kind or gave opportunities and the rule of law to them was their lifestyle, you know, how do you create justice in your community? And I was very surprisingly shocked uh, how the system worked in the this, this small county that where I lived. So I said, you know what, that I really like this internship that I was having, and I should talk to more attorneys, I ended up then working for the Indiana State Senate, and there got to really become exposed to legislation, politics, to people that I've 
never thought that I would meet, you know, change makers. And I thought, wow, the law truly is where I want to be. So I remember writing my law school statements and thinking about what can I do in my life that it's going to be fulfilling. It's going to bring change to my Latinx community and to my community in Indiana. I want to be an immigration attorney and I, or I want to be a legislator. So that I still want to do both. I know that I do a lot of other things right now, but it truly was a just really searching in my heart what it is that really made me feel useful in this world that I could make a real change. So that's how I went into law. This is how my, you know, my parents and I came here. We didn't, we don't actually have a lot of family here in the United States. So it, it has been very important for me to connect to other culturally diverse communities, but also mainly to the Latinx community. I grew up in a mainly Mexican community because that's the majority of people in the town where I grew up. And it, it really feels that I'm just very much connected to the Mexican culture. And I told you, told you this about sometimes I, even when I speak in Spanish, I don't realize that I'll adapt to some of the more Mexican lingo than to the Salvadorian lingo. So uh, I, for me, the, the, also the change that, that of what I want to do is not just work in immigration. I hope to one day help change some of those laws. I'm really happy now that we are moving on forward in hopefully the right direction with immigration changes, but it really impacts the law impacts you in everything you do in all things and lawyers will always be needed especially if you're thinking of higher education going to law school like you really will truly change the lives of people every day whether you are defending them or prosecuting them or defending the state or that you are changing laws it it creates it, it really is a power tool and if you don't want to practice law but you want to seek higher education or you're not sure, look still into law school. I mean, you can, there are entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur. There are other people that are able to do much more with a law degree. It's really such a diverse uh, thing. People can teach in colleges. For me, it's really cool for me to be able to review my own stuff, know what I'm looking for, you know, know what liabilities there may be, taking calculated steps, And I hope that as we are, and I hope that as we're expanding our Latinx legal community, that we get more diversity in in not only uh, immigration status, so we have a lot of, we do get more DACA, TPS students coming our way, but um, our first first, second and third generation community members will join us as well as we're moving as Latinx. Latinx only make 2% of attorneys in the U.S. Attorneys in the U.S. are only 1% of the population. So you can imagine how small and well-connected we have to be in order to thrive. So um, the legal field is definitely something that truly can teach you a lot. And you can learn from it. So that's yeah. kind of a little bit about my immigration and why I want to go into the legal field. You know, and you brought up a really good point. You said your purpose and what really, really speaks to you is when someone tells you, hey, you've given me something very tangible that I can put 
you know, into place into my life. And it has really, really changed my life. And I think a lot of times we think about, okay, we went to school, this is the degree we pursued. But many times our purpose then kind of transitions into something else, right? In your case, I mean, obviously, you can still go ahead and become uh, one of the best immigration lawyers or become a judge or something that someone that can potentially really change those laws. But I feel that even through your platform, like you're already really changing and touching and inspiring so many women that I think it's important for us to highlight that because there's so much pressure of how we need to do things and like the steps that we need to take. I love that you're still like going out there pursuing, you know, that true passion of yours. And I know that your platform is impacting so many women. I wanted to ask you a little bit about what would you tell someone that currently is pursuing a career in maybe a male dominated career or maybe they're kind of going into somewhere where we usually don't see Latinas what what piece of advice would you give her going along with not letting failure define you I would say even in spaces not meant for you don't let obstacles keep you from reaching up and seeking help so for me I think one of the struggles I have as a woman, Latina woman, <laughs> is that we believe we can do all things that we put our mind into because we are come from strong, amazing women. This his, historic ladies, our abuelas, our tias, they are so incredibly strong and they never let anything give up. So we're very strong minded. But a lot of times we don't want to help ourselves by seeking help from others. We think, that will make us look weak. We might think that if we tell others about what we're struggling with, that we'll be looked down on. And I think when we are in places that are very difficult to get into, the careers that are just really hard to, to achieve because of all these other you know, problems and obstacles on our way, we may turn away from people that could possibly help us. For example, I thought I, you know, I want, I needed mentors. I wanted mentors. So I, at first I thought I need to find a Latina attorney. Well, years went by. And I, I had yet to meet a Latina attorney into my law school career already. Um, then I met Caucasian women. And I have a mentor who is amazing, who is, you know, testified in front of D.C. for immigration law cases, who's a zealous immigrant attorney. And then I got to meet a Caucasian male who is seriously one of the best mentors who's taken me under my his wing, who I, I got to work in his law firm. And these people helped me so much in ways that at first I thought, as a person who's close-minded, oh, they already are in a status. How could they help me? And would opening up about what I'm struggling with make me look like I am not capable to achieve what they've achieved? So a lot of times we we want to close ourselves up and say, no, I'll figure it out or my family will help me. But if we can open up and not be afraid to actually reach out to those individuals surrounding us who have already achieved that one thing that we want to achieve, you'll see that people just want to help. They want to give back. That's in our human nature. The majority of us 
want to somehow connect with another human and help them on their journey because we're only here for so long. And so when we're able to do that, it not only impacts our life, our community, our future, it impacts our children in the future. So if you can kind of create these systems of connections with others, you'll see that anything's possible. As a woman of, of color, I think uh, a lot of times um, these struggles f- feel like they're just weighing down on us and this is like what we have to go through, but you don't have to go through it alone. You really don't. And I, for me, it was really hard to ask for help Definitely, especially when I was in college, struggling financially, I didn't know who else to turn to. I finally broke down and I I sought help from the provost of my university and he listened to what I was going through. It had to open up about my legal status. That was really scary because who I didn't want people to know that I had TPS. You know, my name is Cindy. So people assume that I was born here. But I wasn't and I didn't have a lot of privileges that even my own in my own Latinx community who were born here did have, you know, not even mentioning what other people who are Caucasian may have in the same position. But for me, um, I when I, once I sought that help, I noticed that this person truly understood the obstacles that I was facing and they actually ended up giving me a scholarship that I needed because my parents and I just couldn't pay my next my next semester you know so one thing he always this person actually ended up telling me was it's okay to be vulnerable because I wouldn't be in this position if no one else helped me mm-hmm. so you have to be willing to reach back as well remember that whoever helped you on your way or if no one did help you in your way, there's someone else behind you who you need to reach back and pull them forward to where you are or give them the best opportunity that possibly you didn't have. So it's just really important as a mujeron to be strong, not just for yourself, but for your entire community. And when you are not strong it doesn't make you less of a mujeron it makes you a better mujeron by saying i am strong enough to ask for help and when i ask for help it's going to be okay it doesn't make me feel any less it doesn't take away from my value it adds to my value as a person who says i'm human enough to be vulnerable and be out here i love that thank you so much cindy everything you just have talked about has really resonated and i know that a lot of the women listening to us are going to feel inspired motivated and like we mentioned you know reach out ladies if you need help if you need any uh, inspiration any support please reach out to our communities um, I know that just like me, Cindy is definitely going to be there to echarnos porras unas a las otras. Also, I wanted to mention before I forget, you have an amazing TEDx talk out there that everybody needs to listen to. Uh, we're going to definitely link all of that in the show notes. But I wanted you to tell us a little bit about that experience. How was that? Oh, it was very nerve wracking, but preparing for a TEDx speech and knowing what your you know application because from the very beginning they'll ask you what it is that you what is your message to the world is very a big picture type of stage you know but it has to not only be a big picture but it has to very directly go towards that the audience and how they can actively use the information your story you're going to share so from the very beginning 
at first I thought, oh, I'll tell them about official Latina and why it matters. But then I thought, no, dig deeper. Why is official Latina so important to you? And once I discovered, you know, how it connected to myself, to my personal story, um, then I was able to write that speech and then practice it. And when I got on that stage, oh man, there was a lot of people. <laughs> I believe there was about over 200 people in, this, in the audience. And the majority of the audience was actually Caucasian American elites for my community. And I was very nervous. You know, this audience is very different from what I've been used to. Thankfully, I was used to speaking in public formats with other students in college or in law school and a little more diverse communities. But this was a moment that I didn't want not only for our, com our community to learn from, but for allies, because it's so important to work with allies and create allies. People can change their mind, even though some may say, you know, especially with, with the past four years, what we left behind, a lot of true colors came out. We think, oh, you know, that person's not immigrant friendly or, you know, there's a lot of issues going on at, right now with that. So it's a sensitive topic. I When I got up there, I thought, no, today is a day that I will open up about everything in my life. And today I want someone to take away what I wish someone else would have done for me to share their story, to tell me the struggles and what it really is like for someone as an immigrant to come to this country and try to achieve something greater than themselves and to what it will look like for future generations. So the TEDx experience was truly very deep down for me. And then getting up there I was so nervous. I actually cried, Sonia. I cried on stage. I didn't expect to because when at the beginning of the speech, I start off with rattling out all of my achievements, everything I've overcome, all of my awards, things that you would see in a company bio. And at first, when I, you know, write them down, those are things that are on my resume, things I, you know, you know, throw into emails so people can see that I need to be hired for something, you know, but when I got up there and I got to say them out loud, it felt like this huge glass just shattered. And it felt that for the first time in my life, this is imposter syndrome that I wasn't good enough, these doubts that maybe as a woman, as a woman of color, as an immigrant, this space is not for me to really felt like, no, this is, I'm sorry. This is exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm. And man, it was so empowering. I love that moment. It reminded me so much of um, everything our mothers tell us. Was like, nunca te des por vencida. Like, never give up. Yes, that's so powerful. So powerful. And I, I honestly, like, I encourage all of you ladies listening to go and listen to that speech, get empowered by that, because you're right, this is our time. This is our moment to go after those goals, those dreams, because they're out there. Cindy is, uh, you're just like an example for all of us that 
as long as we work, we persevere and we don't give up, we can get there. So thank you so much, Cindy, for sharing your story, for continuously inspiring us through your platforms. And I, I hope that, you know, we're always going to be here to support you. And I just really want to thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Sonia. I really enjoy talking with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies, for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron podcast. We will see you guys next week. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Keep shining, keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams.